0: I thought that was a compelling beginning to our time this morning in God's Word. Partly because I think uh, George and I, uh, our lead pastor who you just met up here, um, I think have just sensed and felt the burden of the text that we've been preaching kind of the the last few weeks. Um, He alluded last week to the idea that we kind of looked at it and thought, I don't know, I mean, it just kind of seems like it's one of those texts that you just read it and go that's just it, you just read it and it's there and as we've kind of pushed through it each week, I think it's been um i don't want to say hard, but maybe just a little heavier than we anticipated and um I just want to say i don't I, I don't get into all this. we don't do this kind of thing a whole lot, but um you weren't if you weren't here last week, uh, I think that it would be very much to your benefit to look up the message that George did um, uh, last week in the series, simply because I don't think that I've ever heard a message on that text. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody go there. <laughs> um, and I think that the Holy Spirit in him, as he, was, as he, as he would correct me to say, um, the Holy Spirit in him uh, just did a, a phenomenal job navigating that, that pretty difficult chunk of Scripture. And uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is if you don't know. And you can just go and listen to it yourself. Um, but uh, but, but I, I, would, I would encourage you to do that. I think the reason I, I thought that this video was such a great start for us this morning is because when you're dealing with a section of Scripture, and, and you go in, I mean, we're just going to look at three verses today. And as we sort of zoom into those three verses, I think it's important, especially when it's a a text that maybe we don't hear talked about a lot, or it's not one that you would naturally just gravitate to. You know, if you tell a preacher, hey, you've got five sermons, pick five scriptures and give them. I don't know that we would land in this area just off the top of our heads, okay? Um, But we've chosen to preach through scripture rather than us deciding the topic and then finding scripture to support it, we've decided to look at scripture and go, you know what, we're going to let scripture decide what we preach. And so uh, that, you know, that's where you get, um, you know, the seventh week of a new church plant. We're about a year old now. The seventh week of a new church plant, George is up here giving a talk on divorce. Um, and I can tell you that, uh, that no church planting book would ever tell you in the second month of your church to be given a message on divorce, um, but, but we decided to start in Matthew where we did, and that's where we, that's where we landed. And here's the thing. God used that in an amazing way in that particular season of our church. Had we sort of skirted away from that issue and not dealt with it, there would have been some people who've gone through divorce. There have been some people who maybe were on the verge of divorce that wouldn't have had uh, been able to receive the forgiveness and, and the shame that, that, that they had been holding to just God for God to heal that and for relationships to be restored. So we let God's word decide. And so what I want us to know as we begin is I want us to to really understand that what we're looking at today is part of a much bigger story. Okay, this is God's story that he's unfolding, and we're going to zoom in into about that much of it. And the story's as big as this room, and we're going to look at just about that much of it this morning. So let's keep in mind as we look that God's story is, is, is big and it starts with God and as it said at the end of that video, it, it ends with God. He remains. Now, we all have um, different uh, probably memories and experiences of, of our grandparents. And uh, I actually only have, only have one remaining grandparent uh, that's still here with us. Um, but my, my grandmother was a very, um, she was a very interesting woman, okay? And I can remember being a kid and going into her house, and, and her house was like, almost like uh, like an antique store, you know what I'm saying? I, have you ever been in one of those houses where you think, I don't know that there's really anywhere that I'm actually allowed to sit, you know like i am not I'm not hundred percent sure I think maybe that is a couch, but it you know it kind of swoops like this and doesn't have a back or an arm, and it looks like if I sit on it it's going to fall um, so that was kind of her house and she was just kind of an eccentric you know kind of free spirit kind of kind of lady um, and she had big plans all right that's 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 kind of how how my grandma was and I can remember. I mean, you know how you have these memories from being a kid, and it's like it was yesterday, right? I can remember her calling up, and she was the kind, I don't know if you have a grandma like this, but she was the kind that would just pop up unannounced, okay? Now, she didn't live in the same town. She lived in another state, and she would maybe call like the day before and be like, I'm coming, you know, and it was on my mom's side, so my dad's like, great. (laughs) You know? Um, and I'll never forget she came and stayed a couple weeks with us and she was like just kind of this all-consuming personality and um, so she comes in and she's like my dad's name is the same as mine but he goes by our middle name which is Ray she says Ray we need to get out in the yard let's go get out in the yard go get your shovel go get your your lawnmower weed eater let's go let's go and dad's like I gotta I gotta go to work and she's like not today we're going out in the yard. And so they literally spent a week like landscaping the yard off just like a, a pop up visit that she had, like, hey, I'm here. We're going to landscape the yard. And he's like, okay. So she always had these big plans. Well, I can remember like it was yesterday, her calling up one of her, one of her trips, her calling up and saying, I want you to tell Waltie, because that's what they all called me, um, don't, don't start calling me that. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Jason. I know where you drink your coffee. All right. So she says, I want you to tell Waltie that I'm going to bring him a kitten. And of course, mom's like, you're going to do what? And she's like, tell him I'm going to bring him a kitten. So I'm like, "I'm, I'm probably seven, eight years old, and I am just fired up, right? I mean, it's like. I'm getting a kitten, I'm getting a kitten I'm getting a kitten. you know, so I'm like so excited. Well, the day comes and goes and and she 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 comes up to the house um, two surprises. number one, she pulls up with uh, her new husband, which <laughs> none of us know about, and um, true story and I'm kind of like you know the antsy kid that's waiting by the side, like where's the kitten? You know, where's the kitten? Where's the kitten? Where's the kitten? And she pulls out this bag. And I'm a kid, so I'm thinking, I didn't think kittens could be in bags, but maybe. And she goes, I told you I was bringing you a kitten. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see, I'm ready, I'm ready. And she pulls out, I can still see it. I can see it like it was yesterday. She pulls out this blue stuffed animal kitten and hands it to me and you can imagine right the morning started here because I'm getting a kitten right you know really excited and then and I had enough respect and restraint that I held it in until I got to my room and then I burst into tears when I got into my bedroom. So mom and dad went out the next day and got me a kitten. And I named it Tiger. This is pretty good. Not because I like Clemson, sorry. Um, so here's the thing. I think that a lot of times we get in our minds the reward that's going to be associated with following Christ. And, and, we, and we sort of get this idea of what it's going to be. And, and perhaps, let's be honest, perhaps we've even been in churches and maybe even under leadership that has told us what that gift is going to be. And then we sort of get into real life and maybe even we dig into scripture and we maybe even get to know Jesus a little bit more and we realize that maybe what we had been presented with as our reward was never really the intended, promised reward to begin with. But what I want to suggest to you today is that Jesus is not going to say to you, if you follow me, here's the reward, and then pull the rug out from under you. But instead, what I think he wants to say is if you will follow me, here's the reward. And perhaps, as, as the name of our church would say, perhaps this morning, we need to have our minds and hearts renovated as to what that reward looks like. And what I want to suggest to you is that the reward, if, 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 if your idea of what the reward is, is any less than what we're going to talk about today, then here's what Jesus is saying to you. Guess what? the reward is better than what you thought it was. It's not a matter of going, I'm getting a kitten, I'm getting a kitten, and it's like a stuffed kitten, and you're going, you got to be kidding me. What Jesus, I think, is wanting to say to us today is, hey, there's a reward for following me, and, and, and you know what? Sometimes we get in this thing, if, if we watch too much television, um, and I don't I don't want to call names, but if we watch too much television preaching, then we get, maybe get this idea that the reward is that we're going to get all the stuff we want, and we're going to get a new car and a new house, and we're going to get a big check in the, ma- the mail, and and we're never going to get sick. And then all of a sudden we realize, wait a minute, that's not what he said. And then a lot of times kind of like I was disappointed with with my grandma at that moment, we look at Jesus and go, wait a minute, when in fact, that's never what he promised. But what I want to suggest this morning for all of us is that maybe if we begin to understand what he did promise, I think if we really get a hold of that idea, it's better. It's better. It's better than stuff. It's better than a house. It's better than a new car. It's, It's even better hear me, even better than always being healthy. And I know that that's hard to unpack. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 through 42. And I I believe it'll be up on the screen, so you can follow along. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. And if you don't have a Bible at all, we'll be happy to give you one, if you'll just let us know. Verse 40 Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water. Because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Now here's here's the big idea for today. And we can just throw this out there and then we'll kind of begin to just sort of of decompress and unpack all this stuff. Here's the big idea. And there's blanks there on your sheet if you want to fill it out. If you receive the message, you will retrieve the reward so that you can relieve... The broken. If you receive the message, you will retrieve the reward so that you can relieve the broken. Now, as I was sort of looking at all of this, I even texted George earlier in the week and said, you know, I think it's just so important in understanding this text because it just says a prophet's reward, a righteous man's reward. I think it's so important to know, okay... What is the reward? Right? Because it says if you receive a prophet then you receive the prophet's reward. If you receive a righteous man then you receive a righteous man's reward. So so what is that? And so George and I texted back a little bit and I I looked into some things and it kind of hit me. Okay, let's think about it this way. Let's think about it this way. When we think of reward we think of winning the lottery, or we think of earning something and getting a reward, right? We think of, oh, and, and I mean, even in parenting, I've got two little girls, and you think of, okay, um, they want a piece of candy. Well, if you clean up your room, you get a piece of candy, right? It, it's a reward system. Well, I, I think that what we need to begin to think about in this is not so much that we do something and get a reward as much as he actually allows us and offers us an opportunity to know him and from that all of these rewards come. It's not really that we did anything other than receive. But what I want us to think about is what is a prophet's reward? Now I'll just kind of give you a little bit of, of info on, on a prophet. Now when we think I, I think when I think prophet, I think back to the Old Testament, which is the first, you know, the first part of the Bible, and I think about those prophets, you know, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah, Malachi, you know, Ezekiel, you know, all these guys that were that were speaking God's word. And what is it about a prophet? What is it about a prophet that makes him a prophet? Well, here's what it is. God speaks to them and they speak God's words. I mean there's more to it but in a basic sort of entry level thought of a prophet it's really that simple. God speaks to them and they speak God's words. Now here's here's the idea. The idea is that a prophet okay if you're thinking about the Old Testament a prophet has a relationship with God, right? God speaks to them and they speak his words. They also speak back to God in some cases, normally going, I don't know about this. <laughs> this I don't know if we can do this. Okay, fine, we'll do it. I'll do it. I'm, I'm, I'm yours. Here I am. There's usually this little bit of a wrestling match that goes on. Now, if you think about a prophet, it's kind of in, in some ways, it kind of hit me. If you, if, if you know anything about prophets in the Old Testament, and it's okay if you don't, but if you do, you know that profit and reward don't really kind of line up if you, if you know much about what went on with the prophets. They were treated pretty terribly, actually. Um, many of them were, were mistreated and jailed and, and made fun of and yelled at and just treated terribly. And so you think of a prophet... And a reward, and it doesn't really line up, but here's the reward. The reward is that they had the presence of God. Now, before Jesus came, okay, before Jesus came, and we get into Matthew here and Jesus has come. Before Jesus came, the Holy Spirit wasn't just available to everyone, As a matter of fact, King David, who was the the king of Israel, he actually said, after really messing up royally, no pun intended, really messing up one time, he actually wrote in the Psalms asking God, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now that's not a prayer that a Christian would really have to pray now. Because after Jesus came, the Holy Spirit came, and we... When we put our faith and our trust in Jesus as our forgiver and our leader, then the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. There's no no moving out of the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. And so David understood, this was before the Holy Spirit was available to everyone. He understood, you know what? God can pull the Holy Spirit away from me as quickly as he gave him to me. So God, please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. But a prophet, the prophet had that. The prophet had that relationship. The prophet had God speaking to him. The prophet had the presence of God. And so when it says you'll receive the prophet's reward, guess what it's saying? It's saying you're going to receive a relationship with God. You're going to receive the presence of God, i.e., you're going to receive The Holy Spirit, because that's the only way we have the presence of God. It's the only way that we have that relationship is if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us because of our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. Now, the other kind of reward that it talks about is a righteous person's reward. What is a righteous person's reward? We're going to look at Psalm 37 because it's actually going to explain to us what a righteous person's reward is. Is all about. Psalm 37, and we're going to look at verses 23 through 31. It says, The steps of a man, or a woman, of course, ladies, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good, so shall you dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever." The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. Now, now, now here's, here's the idea. The promise and the reward of a righteous man is the provision and the protection of God the Father. Now, you say, now, hold, hold on just a second, Walt i i i have a righteous grandma or a righteous aunt or a righteous friend who's who's very sick i've got a righteous friend who can't pay their mortgage you're telling me that god is is providing and god's holding them well well, well here's here's the tension i and i don't have all the answers i'm not about to wrap all this up in a in a, in a package and put a bow on it and everything. Oh, I get it now. I get suffering and I get what? No, I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers, but I do have this. I know that God sees the whole story. See, God's painting on the whole canvas, right? We're just looking at a little corner. Think about the Mona Lisa if you took just a little corner of the Mona Lisa and blew it up into a big painting and said, look at this beautiful painting. It might look, if you took the right corner, it looked about like that. Look at this beautiful, isn't it beautiful? And you go, that's that's just a black blob of nothing. You need to just throw that in the garbage. But if you zoom out then you see that it's one of the most famous pieces of art known to man. You see, God has the zoom out view, right? We only see the little teeny view of what he's doing. And so here's the thing. What it says in there is true. Because guess what? God's promise is not limited to our time on earth. Right? We look at his promise and go, you said we'd be, you said we'd be preserved. You said we'd be taken care of and he's going Did you not hear what my son said when he said I'm going to prepare a place for you That's just as much a part of his promise as anything he promised us in this earth in this world And so he's saying the righteous the righteous man's reward is ultimately that you are covered You're covered in this life, but more importantly, in the next. Man, what a gift. That's, that's better than a car, guys, right? And I could use a car because mine's falling apart. But that's better than a car. I like my car, though. I really do. So those are the rewards that we're talking about. And here's the thing. If you wrap all of those things up, if you said, okay, Walt, can you put the reward into one word? What's the one word reward for a prophet, for a righteous man? What is he saying? Here's what he's saying the one word reward. The reward is Jesus. That's the reward. He's saying, if you receive a prophet, meaning if you receive one who's speaking my words, If you receive that message, if you receive what I'm saying to you, if you receive a righteous man, if you receive this, guess what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you a new car. Can you show it to him, Bob? No. I'm going to give you myself. I'm going to give you me. And and you're going to be able to have a relationship with me. And you're going to be able to know me and talk to me. And get frustrated with me. And argue with me. And cry to me. And I'm going to do things that are going to give you a a glimpse sometimes in your life of what I'm going to do in your next life. When we're in heaven. And you're with him. And that's the other part of the reward. Is that I'm giving you me now. And I'm giving you me forever. That is... That's the reward, right? But the part of the big idea that kind of ends it here is you receive the message, you retrieve the reward so that you can relieve the broken. Because you see, he says there in the last verse of verse 42, whoever gives one of these little ones, whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple. Truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Here's what he's saying. I didn't give you this reward for you. Thanks, right? (laughs) Thanks a lot. Well, I, I I didn't give you this reward just so you can go, look at my reward. I've got Jesus. La-di-da-di-da, and you don't. What good is that? He gave you this reward so that you could look at the broken world, so that you could look at the world out there, the hurting, the sick, the hungry, the lost, the disillusioned, the addicted, so that you could look at the ones that the world says, we don't care about them anymore. So that you could look at them and go, I, I received this message and I got this reward so that I could relieve that brokenness. So that I could look injustice in the face and say, I have the answer. I may not be able to feed every mouth on the planet, but I will start with one. I may not be able to preach and tell every single person about Jesus, but who's the next one that I have the opportunity. Not not to shove the Bible down their throat or not to act all religious or not not to, you know, not to say, oh guess what? You know, you're not a Christian and, and you're terrible. No. But just to say, you know what? You got a lot going on in your life. And here's the thing. I'm not perfect either. I'm still figuring it out. But guess what's making all the difference for me as I journey? I know God loves me. And I have a relationship with him. And man, it's made a difference. And I really care enough about you that I think it could make a difference for you. That's how we share the love of Christ. That's how we hand a cup of cold water to a broken world who is so, so thirsty. So here's uh, just three kind of next step questions here that you can ask. I think they're listed there on your handout. The first question for some of you this morning, I think is just sort of that beginning question, that, that first question. Do you need to receive? I mean, maybe you know, in, in a room with, with this many folks in it, some of you in here might need to just receive this message of Jesus died to pay for your sins. And he wants to give you new life and forgive you. And you just need to receive the message this morning. You need to receive it. And here's how you receive it. Sorry, thank you, and Please. Jesus, I'm sorry that I have sinned against you. I'm sorry that I have have not lived my life for you. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for paying for my sins. Thank you for loving me. And please forgive me. Wash me new. Give me a do-over. And please fill me with your Holy Spirit. So that I can live the way you've called me to live. Some of you need to just receive that this morning. it's It's just time to quit playing games. And you need to just receive it. And you can. And it's not just for some people. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. The second thing is, do you need to retrieve the reward? And what I mean by that is, you need to believe his promise? Do you need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you? Now, now we have an opportunity. Last week was really kind of amazing in our, our ministry time, and I, I thought about it this morning as I was taking a shower. I thought, I don't know that we ever have told you really what is going to happen when you come up for ministry time, and so maybe that would help, but... One way to receive the reward is for you. There's going to be some folks up here at the end of the service that are going to be here to pray with you. And one way for you to do that is to let them pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not some weird, crazy, scary mumbo-jumbo. It's just a matter of going, hey, I can't, I can't receive this reward. I can't have a relationship with Christ apart from having the Holy Spirit actively moving and living inside of me. And, and it's kind of like this. If you're a Christian... You've received the message. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, but, but there's many opportunities to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like gas logs. You ever, you ever have gas logs? Nobody has gas logs around here, I don't guess, but, but, but gas logs are like this. You have a little pilot light that's burning, right? And that means that the gas is going to where it needs to go and you've got that little pilot light. Well, that's great, but that's not going to warm up a room, is it? But when you turn that knob... All of a sudden, right? And you've got a nice warm area in your living room. Well, the Holy Spirit for a Christian is the same way. When we enter into a relationship with Christ and we say, sorry, thank you, please, and I want to give my life to you, the Holy Spirit, it's like a pilot light that turns on inside of us. But we don't receive that reward very often, and so. We don't. We don't say. I, I need more of Jesus. I need more of that reward, which is Jesus, right? Which is the Holy Spirit, which is Him moving in our lives, and so we're never turning the knob, and so we got the pilot light, but there's just there's no warmth coming out, and so this, these ministry folks want to just pray with you, and I know that's vulnerable for, for some of you. I understand that. I mean, I I didn't just. I wasn't born and just ready to go up and lead people in worship and preach. I, I've been where you are too. I've been like, I don't know. I'm not really comfortable with that. I kind of deal with my stuff myself. I, I get that. I've been there. I still wrestle with that sometimes because I think I won't bother them. I, won't. I mean, we do that, right? I won't bother them. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I won't bother them. They want you to bother them. And so we're going we're gonna to have an opportunity for you to do that. The third question is, do you need to relieve the broken? Now, maybe you've received the message, maybe you've, uh, you have uh, retrieved the reward, and now you're just going, what's next? Well, this morning, I want you to spend a little bit of time asking God, where is brokenness that I can, that I can uh, relieve? One really easy thing we've talked about in the last couple of weeks is inviting somebody to church that you know doesn't know jesus that doesn't have a relationship with him that that you could invite them in and they could hear easter's coming up it's a great opportunity there are other things in the community that you can get uh, join in and be a part of one of the things that we've done is we've gone up to the shepherd's table i I haven't been personally but a group of us have gone up to the shepherd's table and hung out with some folks who are homeless and spent time with them and 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 helped them uh, help the folks there, feed them a meal and get to know them there, there's brokenness all around us, but you know what? I would just say before we because I can tell you about these folks that were standing up here, they didn 't start sharing the gospel when they went to Haiti. They started sharing the good news. They started sharing Jesus right where they were, with the people around them, with their neighbors, with their coworkers with the broken and the hurting in our community. And, and that's where we have to start too. So what I want us to do this morning as, as we come is if you need to receive the message, it's just you just need to start with the sorry, thank you, please, then I want you to just pray that prayer right where you are and then I want you to come up and I want you to let me know that you did it. That, that's just, that's nothing. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to parade you in front of everybody. I just want to know that you did it so that I can pray for you. And then if you need to receive or retrieve the reward, there's going to be folks that are going to be waiting to pray with you. And then finally, for those of you that need to start doing something with your faith, I want you to start by asking God, God, send me somewhere. Now, I'm not talking about overseas right now. I'm just talking about send me to my neighbors. Send me to my coworkers. Send me to my my family that doesn't know. Just help me and show me where. You see, when Jesus was with his friends in that upper room that night that he was going to be arrested and betrayed and ultimately sent to his death, um, and he took the bread, and 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 he 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 just kind of knew and understood what was coming. They didn't have a clue. Matter of fact, we were reading on Friday morning in our young adult time at, at Hotstacks. We were reading that this week, and it was like they were. Some of them were still fighting about who was the best. You know, like yeah, I get yeah. We got the bread and the wine and your body and blood. And all, but which of us is greatest? That's really what we want to know, right? So it's just like, woo, you know, just going over their head. And we're the same way. I mean, we shouldn't be too hard on them. We're the same way. But as he broke the bread and he said, this this represents my body that I'm going to break for you. And he said, this wine represents my blood that I'm going to spill. I'm going to pour this blood for the forgiveness of your sins. And when he said this, That message that we just talked about receiving, because this is it: His body broken, His blood spilled for our sins. And when we receive it, how how could we not share it? Right? Our communion folks would would come forward. We use um, we do use wine here. If you prefer to servers can point you in that direction we also have baskets set up for your connect cards so if you can finish filling those out drop those in as well as any gifts that you might be willing to give today but most importantly just spend that time asking those three questions take a moment